Hello and welcome to episode 16 of It's Black and White, the Derby Telegraph's Derby County podcast. I'm Johnny Bunnell and as ever I'm joined by Steve Nicholson. Steve, how are you? Very well, thank you. Excellent. Uh, no Chris Watson this week as he's uh, off holiday. Any any sly digs like, like you gave me last week? Well, I can't believe he's taking a holiday in the football season. There we go. I said that to you as well, didn't I? <laughs> you did, yeah. yeah. I, I just wanted to... He hasn't gone off to Australia for four weeks like you did. Four weeks. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yes, Chris is off this week. Uh, which is a blow to us, unlike when you were off and we were reduced to full strength. <laughs> Shocking. Uh, but in Chris's absence, it, it's left the door open and uh, I'm delighted to welcome for his its black and white debut, uh, Derby Telegraph business reporter and Ipswich Town fanatic, uh, Mr Paul Wyatt. <laughs> Paul, how are we? Uh, very good, yeah, not too bad. I'm uh, a little bit worried about the game tomorrow, but I'm sure we'll come on to that uh, Absolutely. Is uh, is it everything that you you expected? The, the glamour of the the, the podcast room the setup, this, as you can see, is thoroughly professional. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 this is very impressive. It's a shame that uh, the listeners can't see it. So. He's, he's just pointing at the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't pointing at Johnny. Though, <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So uh, what we'll do then is we'll, we'll start with some Middlesbrough chat, Paul. So you get the uh, the joy of just listening to to Nico waffle for a little bit. <laughs> Uh, and then obviously we'll come on to, to the Ipswich game on Tuesday night where Paul will give us his expert insight into what we can expect. Uh, so Steve, we'll, uh, we'll start with Middlesbrough and uh, an excellent 3-0 victory for, for Derby County on Saturday. Not many would have been predicting that before the game. No, but I think I did, didn't I? If we, if we listen back to the podcast, I said that I really fancied them. And, and I, I'd also said that if you win at Norwich and at Leeds, as Derby had done, next stage is to go to somewhere like Middlesbrough and win out and I said if they could do that they'd send out a real message to the rest of the division I think that's exactly what they've done mm-hmm. uh, 3-0 it probably Derby could have scored more than three goals but in some ways it probably wasn't a 3-0 result either I mean first half uh, Derby led 1-0 at half time I thought they were a bit fortunate to go in the half time ahead Scott Carson made a wonder save uh, a minute before Derby took the lead fantastic save and and Scotty has been uh, uh, very consistent this season, uh, mm. as he was last season when he was player of the year. So kind of 1-0 up half-time. Middlesbrough then made two, well, an error straight after half-time that, that, that led to Derby's penalty. That, that, was a, that was a poor mistake, although Derby took advantage and that's what you've got to do. Uh, then uh, Ayala, and again, I, I think I mentioned this in the Telegraph pre-match, if, uh, if you've got the movement and, 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 and cleverness in your forward area, you could drag people like Ayala and Ben Gibson into areas that centre-backs don't want to be in. And we saw that with Ayala. Uh, he got a yellow card first half for a foul on, on Nugent. He should have had a second yellow when he brought down Vidra for the penalty. I don't understand why that wasn't a yellow, so he would have gone off. But uh, sure enough, he uh, got into an area around halfway which he wasn't comfortable with and, and ploughed into Nugent again. And so it was a second yellow and off he went. So Derby, they had 10 men for half an hour or so. And Derby took advantage, you know, and uh, they got a third goal, again, from a, an error by the goalkeeper. But again, as I keep saying, if someone makes an error, the key is to punish mm. that error. And Derby did that. And uh, Matty Vidra uh, picked up the match ball, hat-trick, and uh, a very, very impressive win. Yeah, well, he's a name that sort of comes up every week. Uh, but we can't miss him off again this week no. because he, he did score a hat-trick, uh, Matty Vidra. I mean, all three goals sort of show what he can do don't they I mean the, the first one great finish yeah. second obviously the, the penalty shows he can finish yeah. a penalty and the third one I know people are obviously saying massive goalkeeping error which it was mm. 
It's still not an easy finish, was it? No, it wasn't. I mean, if you, if you watch it again, uh, Nugent puts pressure on, on I think, maybe Ben Gibson, plays the ball to Darren Randolph, the goalkeeper. He slices his clearance. He kind of skies mm. it. Now, as he skies it, he then has to realise he has to make up the ground to try and block Vidra. And Vidra, of course, has to watch the ball mm. dropping. So he's got to watch the ball closely and then show the technique and keep his nerve. So it, it was a much better finish than many give him credit for. His first one was a great finish, smashed it in. His penalty was interesting because I've seen him take penalties earlier this season and really just about scored them. Mm. This one was very cool, very calm, nonchalant almost. And that shows confidence and, that, and that's why you know, he's, in, he's in great run of form. And uh, then the confidence comes out and I think it showed in that penalty. 12 goals this season in only 13 starts. You know, so uh, I had a bit, uh, a bit of a laugh with Gary Rout afterwards because Gary had kind of said he's capable of scoring 20 goals. So I asked him if he needed to rethink that <laughs> that target, and I think he's pushed it up to about 25 now. Do you think he'll beat that target? I think he's certainly capable of getting 20 goals, 12 in 12 and 13. You can't keep scoring at the rate he's scoring sure. at, which is uh, five in the last three, and I think seven in the last six. That that will dry up sometime, mm. but uh, he's certainly if he got 12. Uh, before the turn of the year you've certainly got a chance of, of hitting 20 mm. and you mentioned Scott Carson as well briefly mm. uh, in your sort of first uh, bit of bit of chat there and he, he broke a 28 year old record as well at the Riverside became the first yeah. Derby County goalkeeper to keep a clean sheet up there I mean that's that's some doing in itself isn't it yeah it is I, I say I've I think Derby only ever won once at the Riverside mm. before I remember that one in 2000 and uh their recent record before Saturday was one point from the last 30, which is awful. So, but Gary Rout said in the pre-match, he said it means nothing, mm-hmm. you know. He said his record actually is quite good, so that means nothing. It, it's history, and, and, and the reason it's history is because it's in the past. And the reason records like that are about, they're there to be ended as well. So, and that's what Derby did. But yeah, Scott Carson, big save, very important time, and... Uh, you know, the manager will say, well, that's what the goalkeepers are for to make those mm. saves, but it was a very, very good save. And I mean, Derby have got a good defence. They've got a very mm. experienced championship defence, but to have a goalkeeper like Scott Carson behind you, it does give you that extra bit of confidence. Well, what's interesting it? is that there's been a lot of talk this season about Derby, the, the average age of Derby's team, mm. and uh, it, it is on the high side. Seven of the 11 that started on Saturday are 30 or over. That's a lot. Uh, but what it also gives you, it gives you that know-how. So at the moment, they've got a backbone of the team, which is Scotty Carson, who's 30-plus. Mm. You've got two centre-backs, Davis and Keogh, who are 30-plus. 30, 30 two central midfielders, Ledley and Huddleston, the same. And then David Nugent, 30-plus. Mm. Very, very experienced. Now, the, the, the criticism will be, is it mobile enough? Well, actually... What you then need around it, those little bits and pieces around it, is is movement, a bit of pace, a bit of mobility. Mm. Vidra is your Lawrence. And that, that's when we've got that with Vidra, as you say, Lawrence, Vyman, mm. very energetic. So and you, and you've got fullbacks as well. So I, I think it's interesting that I think Derby, I think the runner on one defeat in eleven is mm. very much down to that know-how, mm. that championship know-how, that experience in there of knowing how to win games. And uh, I think you know we shouldn't really overlook that. Mm. You, you said about fullbacks, so that leads me quite nicely onto an ex-Derby County fullback, who uh, obviously they came up against on Saturday, Mr. Cyrus Christie. Um, when you play a, a, a former player, you know their strengths, you know their weaknesses. 
did Derby exploit his weaknesses at the weekend? Well, it was interesting. Uh, in, we all know Cyrus, is, his strength is getting forward. Mm. And uh, I think he found himself in Derby's, in and around Derby's area in the open 30 seconds, which isn't a surprise. <laughs> uh, but when a fullback bombs on as often as Cyrus does, there's always the, the, the chance and the opportunity to counter into that space. You know, and it was the same on the other side with Fabio. Uh, he, he he's the same. He likes to get forward, and and that I mean that's the modern. That's really the modern fullback, isn't it? It's mm. not just Cyrus or or, or, or Middlesbrough or Derby or whoever it is. The modern fullback these days is asked to be a almost a frustrated winger, mm. and if you can then counter the obvious area to counter into, is is to get your striker to spin into the channel where the fullback has been to get the ball out and. Uh, it happened, of course, for, Q- for Derby against QPR with their opening goal when uh, Tom Wilson released Fireman down outside and, and, and Vidra scored. So, I say, it's not just Cyrus, but that is very much his strength. So, if you were playing uh, against him, I, w- I would always look at that possibility of uh, capitalising on the areas where maybe he should be. Yeah, and they keep this impressive away run going now. I mean, we've spoken at large about the games at Sheffield United and Bristol City we don't need to re-go over those but since those heavy defeats it's, it's been sort of near perfect from Derby so in your expert view what's what's changed? Well, I <laughs> smile with I the expert say, if, then. If you're looking for experts you better go and find one somewhere. <laughs> uh, well, I think what's interesting is that and Gary Rout spoke about this uh, they, they drew at Brentford and they drew at Cardiff uh, they drew at Brentford 1-1 and they barely had a kick of the ball I think they had something like 28% possession or 24% possession and so they got out of there with a draw and then they went to Cardiff who I think were leaders at the time and, and got a goalless draw there on the face of those you think mm, yeah they're okay not bad but he's absolutely right I think they have provided those are two results have provided a platform for them and it's suddenly given them a bit of confidence to say you know what we can get points on the road and with a bit more we could probably get three points on the road and that's what's happened since then they other one at Norwich one at Leeds it drew at Fulham and now they've won at Middlesbrough so that worry that concern in away games uh, has disappeared and uh, if they can maintain strong home form mm. and keep picking up points away from home you've got a really nice combination so sixth place in the league now they could go fourth on Tuesday if they beat Ipswich by a big enough goal mm. difference I mean everything's going well do, do, do they look like a playoff side to you now well I, before the season started I, I I said they should be in the playoffs and mm. the only reason I say that is because I think Derby should be challenging for the playoffs each season in this division you know the, the squads there uh, they've had the financial muscle mm. as well uh, so I, I've had no doubts about that really and I look at the division now and if you can get yourself muscled nicely into that pack of six, and I think if they could beat Ipswich, I think mm. the gap might be something six, six points, points or something between themselves and seventh place. Once you get that gap, then it's up to those in seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, whatever. They've got to put a run together suddenly to knock you out. Mm. And I look at the teams in those places at the moment, and, and, and Ipswich are one, uh, Forest, another one, you know, Middlesbrough. You know, they're kind of winning and losing games mm. as well. So actually, they're not showing that kind of form. So once once you get into that top six, and I always say at this stage of the season, if you look at last season, four of the top six at this stage last season stayed in the top mm. six. 
And that happens most seasons at this stage. And if you can be in that top six, you've got a great chance of being one of those four that stay in. Uh, the way it's going at the moment, one defeat in, in, in 11. You know, Derby are suddenly... And, and they will lose games. Let's mm. not, I mean, not, I'm not saying yeah. they're going to go on and keep winning. Mm. They will lose games. They might lose Tuesday, they might lose Saturday, they might lose following. I don't know when that will be. They will lose games. But I just feel under Gary Rowett, they won't be a side that suddenly, as I say, go on a great run of six or seven wins then suddenly go seven or eight without winning. Mm. I don't see that with, Gary, with a Gary outside. I think a Gary outside, even if they suffered a defeat like they did against Reading, they're now unbeaten in three since then. That's the way I see his team. Gary's the type of manager who said, tell you what, we've lost that game, but we're not losing the next one. Mm. And that's key in the championship, because before you know it, you can be sliding away on an awful run. And the key is stop that run straight away. So if you can't stop it in the first game, certainly make sure in the second game afterwards that you don't lose again. And I think... That's what I expect from Gary's team. Mm. And as you say, it, it would be a six-point gap if, if mm. of course, we always say if they were to win on Tuesday night. And it, it seems that that it's sort of come from nowhere, really. I know that we've publicised this, this sort of the run that they've been on, but then all of a sudden they've got a six-point cushion in the playoffs. It's yeah. uh, it's looking quite rosy. Well, if you win games, this, this is where the three points come in. Mm. This is where the big difference is in, in winning games. I think Derby won six of the last eight. Mm. If you picking up three points each time you go out there you are going to climb the table very, very quickly. And that's what's happened to them. Mm. You know, and that keeps going back to Bristol City in September. We came away from Ashton Gate and I wasn't too sure whether it was going to be a bit of a battle at the bottom or, or, or whatever, because they were, they were pretty bad that afternoon. Uh, but since then, they've gone on a great run and uh, they've climbed from 15 to where they are now. And that's because they've won a lot of games. Mm. And I think that's why you know, a lot of teams kind of go for it. Go for, try and get that win. Rather than that draw, you know, it makes a huge difference, and certainly Derby have, have done that. Mm. Lovely stuff. So, as we said, Ipswich Town at home on Tuesday night. Delighted to be in the company of <laughs> Paul. Paul, we'll come on to you. You've been waiting patiently in the wings there. Well, that's been good to listen to. It. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's good. There's always a first. <laughs> um, so, I mean, j- just sort of start us off um, a little bit on, on Ipswich Town season so far. Well, they couldn't really get any worse than last season. Last season, we finished uh, 16th, which um, a few people realised was actually our worst finish in 58 years um, in terms of the, um, the football pyramid. Um, Ipswich have now been in the championship for oh, 15 years. We're the longest-serving uh, club in that division. Mm. Um, and so it kind of got very stale, very toxic at, at, at Portman Road at the end of the last season. You, you had the fans who were frustrated over Mick McCarthy's perceived negative tactics, uh, expensive ticket prices, um, being in the championship for so long. And then you had Mick McCarthy who was frustrated that he wasn't treated like some sort of god because mm. he's been at the club now f- for five years, took over when uh, Paul Jewell had uh, led us to the foot of the championship. And on a shoestring budget, he's taken us from the foot of the table mm. to genuine promotion contenders. You know, we were in the playoffs a couple of seasons ago and he spent three million pounds in five years, which isn't, you know, it's just nothing compared to some of the you know, fees we're seeing you know, at, at, at other clubs. So you kind of got Mick McCarthy who's like, oh, I've done such a great job here at Ipswich. And then you've got Ipswich fans who were just fed up mm. um, and just lost all hope. Um, and so at the end of last season, I think everyone had really had had enough. Um, and Mick McCarthy, it was touch and go whether or not he'd stay on. He had a, a season left on his, on his contracts. It was decided he would stay. 
but he needed to have a good transfer window and and he did exactly that I mean, he had a fantastic transfer window not not for the first time where he's um he's really brought in some creativity into uh, into the starting 11 we're now playing uh, particularly at home with a front four where we've got um we've got Joey Garner and Martin Waghorn from Rangers mm. who were signed for a combined 1 million yeah so so that that's, that's quite incredible and between mm. them they've got yeah, 14 goals this fantastic. season yeah so so it's more exciting to watch Ipswich which this season we're scoring a lot more goals um a lot of second half goals actually I saw on Sky the other night that um no team scored more goals in the second half uh, than Ipswich. We're still, yeah, we're conceding a lot, but mm. you know, we drew two all the other evening with Sheffield Wednesday. That's better than nil nil, which we might have done last season. So it's more exciting. We're there or thereabouts around the playoffs. I don't think we're we're going to get top six. I think there's at least six better sides in the division than us. But um, it's get, it's it's going okay, be- better than last season. Yeah, I mean, obviously Ipswich started the season extremely strongly, and everyone mm. sort of stood up and, and took notice of it. Particularly, as you say, given the end of last season and mm. the, the hostile atmosphere, they, they've tailed off slightly in the last few games. I mean, do you see a reason behind that? Or yeah, I do really. I, I think um, I mean we won off our first four games, mm. which yeah, I can't remember the last time we did that. Um, but those four games that we won, we actually could have lost. They were they were, they were quite tight. It wasn't like we were winning three 0 four nil, um, and they were against, dare I say, uh, some of the teams' weaker opposition. I think you had Birmingham in that run, Millwall, uh, Barnsley. I think the other one was Brentford, uh, and they were narrow victories. So it was kind of you know, you're not really meant to look at the league table, are you, until October sort of time. 10 so, to 12 games 12 to 15 games yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so you kind of have Ipswich top of the table at the end of August you know, great you know, brilliant but it, it, it doesn't really tell you how, how your season's going to pan out interestingly we've, we've actually not yet to win against a team in the top half of the table so if you look at our fixture list it's been relatively kind I appreciate mm. there's no easy games in this division um, but we've, te- we, we, we've won against teams towards the bottom half of the, of the table Um haven't really beaten anyone towards the top and so that's kind of why it's tailed off because our run of games lately has been a bit more tricky than mm-hmm. at the start of the season and it's told you know we've just been to Aston Villa this uh, this weekend comfortably beaten 2-0 mm-hmm. but look at the sort of money mm-hmm. Aston Villa yeah, has spent in comparison to 3 million in, in, money in 5 it's, years it's, yeah. it's not all transfer fees of course it's wages yeah yeah. because a couple of uh, players that went to Villa that Derby were interested mm-hmm. in and so knowing a bit about the background of, 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 mm. of uh, those possible deals, and you know, they're paying big money, mm. you know, and, and, and that's the difference in this division. And yeah. I think sometimes we have to be realistic about that, yeah. you know, uh, and also the size of some of the clubs in this division. I think now it's interesting. We were driving to Middlesbrough on Saturday and uh, discussing with Chris, and we were talking about Burton. Uh, I think mean, everyone's saying, "Well, the big game they've got today against uh, Sunderland." You know, they've got to win. You know what I mean? And then, <laughs> yeah. then we kind of stopped and looked at each other and said, how daft is that? Yeah. We're suddenly saying yeah. that Burton have got to beat Sunderland when a few years ago it would have been a dream fixture. Mm. And that's that's the kind of environment that Burton find themselves. Mm. You know? Now Sunderland are struggling, that's fine. But you know, it's Sunderland mm-hmm. Burton. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the division's full of them, Wolves, you know, Derby, you know, mm. as we said, uh, teams like Sunderland. You know, uh, Villa, big you know, big clubs, mm. big clubs. Mm. Teams like Ipswich, you know, we've been around it for a long time. You know, it's about Middlesbrough, Leeds. Mm. You know, it goes on and on. Yeah. So yeah. actually, this division, when you look at it, it's very, very strong. And if if you're not in a in a position to spend money, mm. 
you know, or, or enough money, you, you're going to find it really, yeah. really tough. Mm. And, and if you can't match wages, and, and, and most most clubs can't, so it's when they're up against big clubs, uh, that again is, is a problem. So, I mean, to, to get Garner and, and mm. uh, Waghorn yeah. behind fee of one million, really, it's a real steal at this level. Mm. It really is. I was, I was impressed with them. I watched the Sheffield Wednesday game, mm. which they should have won. Mm. I'm not quite sure they lost that. I mean, oh, it's terrific! I've not the, enjoyed watching it well, for the, the, in a long time. The, the goal, the, the, mm. the equaliser for Wednesday in stoppage time, right, or close to the end, Ipswich actually had the ball down near the corner flag, mm. and that that always kills you. That type of goal because I can imagine Mick McCarthy saying, "Come on, do the right things down there. Don't certainly don't lose possession and don't let them break on you." Mm. And that's exactly what happened. But they should have won that game and. Uh, that I think you know, and they deserve to win that game. Going to Villa, a lot of teams will lose. Yeah, never easy. Yeah. I, I've got no, you know, doubts about that. So it'll be fascinating for me to see mm. how they shape up uh, at Derby. I think that was the biggest blow actually in conceding that late goal. Is we had Villa coming up. I don't think anyone expected anything there. And then of course we've got Derby yeah. tomorrow evening. So we're, that, so that was a big that blow. Way to be that three points yeah. with the cushion, mm. the blow of losing yeah. at Villa to an extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how. That's what the division is. So yeah. that's why I said yeah. before, you know, about taking points, uh, keep picking up points, make sure one defeat isn't followed by another, etc., etc. Mm. Paul, mm. I mean, when when I look at Ipswich at the start of the season, you you know, you often look at all the Championship clubs and you think, right, who's going to do what? When I look at Ipswich from a personal point of view, I think, okay, well, they're not going to get relegated, but realistically, they're not going to go up. I mean, is that what? Ipswich fans think I mean at the start of this season what were the realistic aims from the supporters I, th- I, th- I think realistically is obviously the key word in there but from an Ipswich fans perspective we're not content with just sitting in this league any longer we've been in this division a very very long time the, the aim at the start of the season has to be promotion because otherwise why are we bothering to mm-hmm. part with 30 odd quid Every um, every other weekend to go watch them, um, so the, 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 and yeah, you know, Mick McCarthy said that you know the targets to get top six. Does anyone actually think it's going to happen? Probably not. But you've got to have a bit of ambition. Um, no one expected Huddersfield to get promoted last yeah, year, absolutely. but it happened. So, um, so the aim was promotion. Realistically, I think you know you're probably looking at mid table mm. is the best we could really hope for. Mm. But they do carry this unbelievable record. Mm to Derby tomorrow night which I mean until you sort of look back and see it you think wow blimey that's uh, pretty impressive very impressive I think six wins and three draws Mm -hmm. in the last nine visits go back to 2006 for Derby's last home win against them remember it well uh, and that was a 90th minute winner from uh, Arturo Lupoli in the season when Derby last won promotion so I'm not sure there's any omen there for us tomorrow night good uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a fantastic record. But as I said earlier, the, the, these records, you know, Derby, poor record at Middlesbrough, that went. Mm-hmm. Derby haven't had a great record at Fulham. I think I think these records are scattered around. Mm. You just only come across them when you, when you, when you play that particular team. Uh, but they've always made it difficult here, uh, Ipswich. And, and that's what I like about Mick McCarthy. And that's why he's, I believe he's such a good manager, because he mm. knows, he, he knows how to sort out certain teams and he, he knows how to set up against certain teams and uh, for some reason he's had Derby's number at Pride Park and uh, again it'll be fascinating to see how he does it again uh, I expect him to do it in a similar way to he's done it before which is uh, make sure they have a solid base don't get pulled out of, out of the, the shape 
look to then counter, see if they can pick Derby off, look to frustrate. Mm. That's the first thing I would do if I, if I was going to Pride Park and make sure you get 20 minutes, then 40, mm. half-time, frustrate the home crowd. Set-pieces, of course, have often been a mm. big thing with, with Mick McCarthy. I'm not quite sure how strong they are on set-pieces now, but certainly I remember a 4-4 here when mm. I think he scored three goals from set-plays. In the first half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, so they've always had that strength about them as well. So Derby might have to be patient. They have to be patient against QPR, and they might have to be patient again. And sometimes some of the play might look a bit slow, you know, in, when, when they're trying to prize the, uh, Ipswich from that shape. And that's what you've got to do. But this is why I'd go with that unchanged team again, because I mm. said before the Sunderland game that the if you just play up against centre-backs as a centre-forward or whatever, it's much easier for them to cope with that. You can play, they can squeeze up against you, they can peak for the ball. But if you've got a front four like Derby have at Sunderland when you've got Nugent who doesn't stay in that position, he moves, he runs channels, he pulls people about, then you've got Lawrence, Vidra and Byman, all that movement and interchange and that's what I thought got to Sunderland and that's why I'd name the same team against Ipswich because I think that will help prize Ipswich open, pull, pull people out of shape and then counter by getting through that shape, I think that's the way to do it. Just on Mick McCarthy, we obviously can't go the, the podcast without touching on Mick McCarthy. Um, you obviously gave him some, some sort of praise at, at the start there. Are you in the McCarthy in camp? It's, it's a question I've been asking myself for months and I still don't know which side of the fence I'm on. Uh, if you, if you to look at the job that he's done at Ipswich, there is no doubt, as Steve said, it's absolutely mm. spectacular. Although a lot of people say that McCarthy's done a good job at Ipswich, that's rubbish, it's better than good. Mm. Because we were terrible. When, when he took over, we were just on a one-way ticket to League One. Uh, and he sorted us up in no time. I was actually surprised Sunderland didn't go for him. when. I, I, think, I think he's a top manager. Yeah. I, I really do, and I think Paul's absolutely right. And we go back to the division that mm. we're in. Mm. You, know, mm. you need resources. You know, and people might point to Huddersfield. Now and again, you have you have this ha- this happens, but it doesn't happen yeah. every season. No. You know, it's really like Leicester winning the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Great, and everyone yeah. says, "Oh, why can't everyone else do it?" The reason why they can't because it doesn't happen yeah. very yeah. often, mm-hmm. and that's why I think you're right, Paul. I think he's, he has done a, a, a really good yeah. job. He, he's a, a chairman's dream. I mean, if you look at what he's done in the transfer market, he's brought in players like Tyrone Mings for ten thousand pounds. I mean. What, Pretty much a free, yeah. Mm, yeah. And and then he's he's gone on and sold him to Bournemouth for eight million. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. And he's done it again recently in the in the transfer window. Um, in the the, the summer just gone, he's uh, he's picked up uh, Kiefer Moore from Boris Green Rovers again for ten thousand pounds, which is mm-hmm. nothing. He's been loaned out to Rotherham, and he's League One's top goal scorer. And we're going to recall him in January because of how well he's done. Um, so you know, the, the, if you. His contract's up at the end of the season. If you're the Ipswich owner, Marcus Evans, are you going to offer him a new contract? Well, surely you would, because he's he's making you a lot of money in the transfer market and he's improving your league position. Um, so you then come on to, are the fans out of order and getting on, on his back? And I kind of, I'm going to defend the Ipswich fans as well a little bit, because whilst Mick McCarthy has done a, a really, really good job, particularly in the transfer market, there's a couple of things which really irk supporters, and I think Mick McCarthy needs to change his ways a little bit with it. He, he can come across extraordinarily arrogant in his post-match interviews when talking about fans, and, and, and that, that upsets me a little bit, because I think that Ipswich fans, you know, while they might be wrong in some of the things that they say, they are paying customers, 
and there have been times where Mick McCarthy has treated fans with a lot of contempt. A classic example was recently we went to uh, Burton Albion where we were losing 1-0 mm-hmm. and I can't repeat here what the, what the fans were singing but it was basically saying Mick McCarthy your football's not very good. Um, and uh, we had on the substitutes bench uh, Bersan Salina who's this wonder kid from Man City who we've got on loan and again come in in the summer and the fans were crying you know, bring him on, bring him on. He's, he, he can he can get as a goal, change the game. Um, but Mick McCarthy didn't listen to the fans. He thought, no, no, I'm not going to bring him on. We managed to get to one all, and again, the fans are saying, bring him on, bring him on. Uh, he finally comes on in the 86th, 87th minute, and guess who gets the winner? Yeah. This guy. Yeah. So the fans are kind of thinking, yeah, we were right, why didn't you bring him on earlier? Uh, and Mick McCarthy, <laughs> even though we've just won the game 2-1, he went on this extraordinary foul-mouthed rant in, in, in the media saying to uh, the Ipswich fans that if you tell me what to do I'm going to do the complete opposite and, it, and he was quite aggressive in, in, in what he said about it I, I know you, you heard it Stephen you quite liked what he said because he's honest but I don't find that sort of language that he used helpful um, Ipswich fans it didn't go down well at all the local mm. media criticised McCarthy over it and I think Mick McCarthy He's looking at the situation saying, I've done a great job here, why aren't you treating me like a god? And he needs to appreciate that whilst there might be some truth in that, Ipswich fans have had enough of this league and and basically if you're offering the Ipswich supporters championship football, Mm. you might think you've done a good job and you have, but are they going to love you for it? No, because we don't want this football, (laughs) we don't want to be in this league anymore. So I just think he needs to have a bit more understanding of where the Ipswich fans are coming from because... We are long-suffering football supporters. We've been in this. I think it's 2002. That's when Derby came down. You came down with Derby in 2002. But that, but that's the friction. You've got McCarthy thinking I've done a great job, and the Ipswich fans who are just bored of paying such extraordinary amounts of money a year mm. to go and watch football, and all that's really being offered to us is the same again. And I think Mick McCarthy could have a bit more sympathy with the Ipswich fans mm. a little bit. Fascinating to sort of listen to it from a, from yeah, a yeah. fans' point of view. Isn't yeah, it? we always. This is the thing with football, isn't it? We we concentrate and focus very much on our own club as such. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we think this problem and that mm. problem and this issue and that issue when actually it's happening mm. at all clubs and it's happening on various levels. That's all mm. it is. It's just different expectation levels. Mm. You know, you can talk about clubs in the Premier League and, and fans might say, oh, well, you're at least you're in the Premier League. But there, it's the same thing. You know, mm. it's all kind of, it's all kind of realistic as far mm. as where they're at. Their complaints are based on where they're at and yeah. what, what they're doing. And uh, but yeah, I remember Ipswich coming down with Derby in, in, in two thousand two, mm. and, uh, and and to be honest, Derby have only been back once for one season since then. Mm. So you know they've been in, in this division for many many years, too, too many actually. I think that's part of the problem with Ipswich fans in this this boredom of this league. I've I've worked in Derby now nine years. Every year we've had a game at Pride Park. Yes, and we're kind of just <laughs> which is good for you, of course. Yeah, it's, 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 it's great, but I feel I, I, you know. We used to have 28,000 people at Portman Road. That's sunk to about 14,000 now. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I mean, we talk about, you know, for hours about financial fair play, um, but you just, you just can't see it, so it's getting promoted to the Premier League on the sort well, of budget that we've got, it, unfortunately. The, the, the way it's set up at the moment, and it's the same in the Premier League, the way the Premier League is set up, you know, certain clubs start the season knowing they can't win the, the mm. league that they're in mm. and it, it's the same in, in this division as well mm. you know and mm. I'm not sure that's very healthy for football No So what can Derby expect from Ipswich Town tomorrow night then? <laughs> <laughs> for all these Derby County fans <laughs> listening Yeah 
what are they going to see? Look on previous counts, it's a very harsh defeat. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think the last time Ipswich were here, um, it, it was one nil, and mm. we, we were talking, weren't we, Johnny, just before um, we started the podcast. I was at that game, but I don't think any Ipswich fans were really celebrating it <laughs> because we were just embarrassed. You know, we couldn't believe we'd won that. Uh, I think Mick McCarthy said it was you know, a, a robbery of some sort. Um, so probably the same again. You know, uh, there's no doubt Derby have got better players than Ipswich. Um, I would have thought for us to get anything out of the game, we're going to have to score at least two because I can't. I really can't see us keeping a clean sheet. And um, Derby obviously on a very rich vein of form. We'll work hard. We'll battle hard. I think um, we're going to have to rely once again on our fantastic goalkeeper, Bart Bielkowski. He's going to have to be in sensational form because Derby are going to create a lot of chances. I think Ipswich will too. You know, we've, like I say, we've brought in a lot of creativity into the into the side over the past you know, few months. So I, I think we're probably looking at two-one Derby. Okay. Yeah, well, you got David Nugent as well. He scored fifteen out of fifteen against us. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe three on then two goals for David Nugent and uh, Tom Lawrence. Tom Lawrence. Well, no doubt get one as well. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's thrown in a prediction without me even. <laughs> yeah, I don't do predictions anymore because, because you know I got one so right, Paul, a mm. few a few months ago. Not only did I predict the score after ninety minutes, I also predicted the score after extra, after added time as well, and they wouldn't give me a. Twice, I've given two correct scores. He didn't. He got it completely and hopelessly wrong. Two correct scores. So since then, I've retired from predictions. <laughs> he wants to get into sky betting or something. <laughs> he, he threw his toys out the front. Is <laughs> <laughs> what happened. Um, again. Just you, yeah, again. Not for the first time. <laughs> just you saying about Tom Lawrence, obviously that's yeah. one creative spark that which won't have mm. this season. I mean... Were you sort of surprised to see him go to Derby? Would you have liked to have kept him at Ipswich? How did you sort of see oh, that? that? That was a bit... Well, you wouldn't have stayed on at Ipswich because, um, you know, if, if we're spending three million in five years, we're not going to spend five million in... <laughs> three minutes. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it was very clear, you know, he, he wasn't going to stay at Ipswich because we couldn't afford him. Mm. Um, I was surprised, actually, that he went to Derby because I would have thought that... Based on his performances um, at Ipswich last season, he he would find himself in the Premier League. Mm. Um, yeah, clearly, clearly that didn't happen. So if he's going to have to drop down to Championship level, then you know there's very few places you can go that's better than Derby County, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I think it was a, a, a terrific uh, acquisition for Derby County mm. and probably a good move for Tom Lawrence uh, as well. Glad he scored his uh, his first goal. I'm a bit surprised it's taken that mm. long. Um, but yeah, no, that, that, I think I think he's got a great future at, at Derby. I hope it works out for him. He's um, he's a cracking lad as well as a cracking player for me. Excellent. And who then is it? Which key player tomorrow? Who who do the Derby County defenders or attackers have, have to sort of look out for? Well, like I said, Ipswich being away from home against you know a really informed team, you, you're going to have to look at uh, our defensive third. Um, I think Adam Webster's a key player for us in the, in the heart of our defence, and um, he's a Another one, Mick McCarthy's found. Yeah, he's come from Portsmouth, signed for about a million. Um, if we were to sell him tomorrow, you'd get a few million back for him. Mm. Yeah, he, he, he's a very tall, uh, reliable, solid defender. Um, I think Bart Piarkowski, love that goalkeeper. I just can't believe he's not <laughs> been picked up by a Premier League club. Um, so yeah, I think we've got to have a really good performance from our goalkeeper and, and, and our back four. Going forward, if, if, if we're going to nick a goal, Martin Waghorn has, uh, has, has scored nine. We've been really impressed with him. First, um, uh, Selina, the, the wonder kid from mm. Man City. He, I'm expecting him to start on the bench. Um, 
if he, uh, you know, if, it, if, it, if it's one all towards the end and it's looking like Ipswich might want to go for the win, you might want to bring him on and you say with gritted teeth. Message to Mick McCarthy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he won't listen to the fans, though, does he? <laughs> and, uh, um, I mean, the, the big blow for us is uh, David McGoldrick's out. He's, sure. he's a key player for us, and um, I just wish he could go. You know, at any length of time about picking up an injury. Mm. Very unfortunate with this injury. You know, he's he, he's been the victim of a shocking tackle against Sheffield Wednesday last week. He's got a big gash, which has uh, required stitching, I think. Mm. So he's out for a month. Um, but yeah, no, I think key player wise, you're certainly looking for a solid defensive performance, which um, Ipswich have been known to provide. At, uh, just who knows, really. <laughs> it's uh, it's good to get sort of the opposition view yes. on the podcast isn't it it's, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. it's something a bit different yeah. and, and something that obviously Very sort of the, you know people might enjoy listening to mm. Mm. Very much, yeah. yeah. anything that you wanted to add on, uh, on it switch Paul just that it's excellent being paid to talk about football <laughs> I'm very jealous of you I wish you'd pay us yeah <laughs> I was going to say, who said anything about being paid? I must go and see the editor tomorrow. Yeah. There's something missing. Yeah, that's it. Blimey. Yeah. Uh, lovely stuff. So, what, what we'll do now, something a bit different. Uh, we held our, our Derby County web chat with Steve Nicholson on Monday. Uh, and so, uh, by popular demand from James Caps on Twitter, uh, he suggested that we sort of run some of the questions on the podcast. So, what I've done is I've picked out three questions from Monday's web chat uh, and we'll ask them to Steve now with his answers firmly ready yeah I think so <laughs> did I answer them oh, you, you did answer them it was yeah, me yeah, did. Yeah, oh, yeah, right, yeah. Okay. Okay. I've forgotten what I wrote right okay so first it's a question from Dave Lockwood who says with Derby County winning their last two games with a 5-0 aggregate would you change it for the Ipswich game seeing as we haven't beat them for years at Pride Park well, I think I said earlier you know that uh, I wouldn't uh, Gary Rout was correct in naming an unchanged side at uh, Sunderland uh, the, the goalkeeper and back four picks itself at the moment uh, the two central midfielders pick themselves and there was a lot of fans wanting to see George Thorne get a game or two in, in there but uh, I think Joe Ledley and uh, Tom Olsen have started nine of the last ten games. Derby haven't lost in those nine games. The only game they lost into ten was when Joe Ledley wasn't playing. So he's got a fantastic record, so there's no need to change that. I think Tom Huddleston's last two performances have been among his best this season. Uh, he's had some criticism, we spoke about that mm. on the podcast previously. So I'm delighted to see Tom, Tom doing that. And then the front four, as I said earlier, the, the reason why I go for them against Ipswich, as I did against Sunderland, was because I've got this move. Uh, sorry, from the Middlesbrough, uh, it's this movement and, and and kind of energy to, to, to move defenders around, and I think it's it, it could work. It's unlucky on Chris Martin. I'm a fan of Chris Martin's. I've said again on this podcast previously. I'd try and you know look to try and get him in the side, but I just feel you know the David Nugent and Vidra mm. partnership is working so so well. I know it's the fourth game in 11 days uh, against Ipswich, which is a very busy period and, you, and you've got a big squad and you should look to utilise it. I get all that, but when things are going so well, I would just carry on naming the unchanged team and then if you've got to then change the team at any stage moving forward for an injury or whatever, then do it then. But uh, no, I'd stick with unchanged time. Excellent. Next one is from Adam Powell. He said... Who could we sign in the January transfer window to strengthen the squad and add a little excitement to the performances? I love the word excitement. <laughs> yeah, I really do. I, I, I'm just excited by wins. That wins excitement. Wins points. 
and climbing up the table. The reason we have a league table is because it's based on points and positions. Mm. There is no column in the league table that says EXC, excitement, is there? You get three <laughs> points for a win, you don't get more for artistic impression. You know, that's, and I, I really don't get that side of it. Uh, a win for me is, is what you want, and, and that's what Derby have been getting. Which players, it's hard to name names, you know. I get, this, I get asked a lot, who, who would I bring in? It's very difficult. And the other thing we've got to remember is that the run Derby are on, They've lost only four league games all season out of 18. It, it doesn't need that much change, mm. you know, in January. It's not like you're suddenly you're struggling. They're actually going very well. So actually, you'd maybe look at a couple of things. One is uh, kind of a bit more mobility and energy in midfield. And the only reason I say that is because Tom Lauren, uh, sorry, uh, Joe Ledley and Tom Huddleston are quite similar, mm. and so is George Thorne, in their style of play. They're not the type of midfielders who race all over the pitch, covering areas, snapping tackles in, winning the ball back quickly. That's not what they do. But what they do offer you is control and experience and, 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 and quality on the ball, composure and passing. And that's what they're doing. But I think if you just added someone slightly different into the mix as an option, I think that's something to look at. And all every team is looking for genuine pace mm. in, in the attacking third. And I think, you know... I would probably look around and see if I could bring that in. But as I say, I, I wouldn't change too much for change's sake. Okay, so third and final question then came from Sean. He said, what do you make of the atmosphere at Pride Park Stadium recently? One defeat in 11, but Pride Park at times feels like an away ground. Yeah, I, I, it's an interesting question, this, mm. when, when, when it was sent in. Uh, the only way you can look at it, is, well, first of all, uh, you know, Derby's, uh, Derby's attendances are... are you know, they've stood up to anyone's in this division for a long, long time. Uh, the, the, if we take the last four get home games, the atmosphere against Forest, goes out saying, was yep. really, really good, yep. as you'd expect. The atmosphere in the next game against Sheffield Wednesday was really good as well. Now, the, the two common denominators there are the fact that there's a big away following involved in that mm. as well. You know, a sell-out away following for Forest and for Sheffield Wednesday. And that helps when it comes to, to, to atmosphere because it sparks a home crowd off as well. So the atmosphere in both those games was very good. The Reading game, after that at home, I think the fact that they conceded twice inside 13 minutes flattens everything. Mm. It's going to deflate any It deflates, though, absolutely. Yeah. And they lost 4-2. Mm. And so that deflated everybody. And, and that was before an international break mm. as well. So it was worse. It's two, two weeks to stew on this, this very poor home performance and defeat. So when they came to the next home game, a midweek against QPR, there's this kind of concern oh are they going to be better this time and that kind of mm. leads to it so the crowd were almost waiting for the players to get them going mm. you know and of course the first half against QPR was very cagey and not a lot happened and Derby weren't great either so that affected the atmosphere and the fact that there's only 300, 300 QPR fans mm. who travel so there's a lot involved in this about atmosphere but I, I wouldn't kind of generalise it and say it's been like that what, season. What, what, what's the name of the guy who's asked, asked that question? Sean. 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 Sean, get yourself down to yeah. Portman Road if you want to see a rubbish atmosphere. <laughs> Blimey. Pride Park's really good. I, I, well, I've only been to a few games this season, albeit Forest being one of them, but I've always considered the, both the attendance and the atmosphere at Pride Park to be one of the better ones. In I mean, the in terms of attendances, they, they can't really be rivaled, can they? Because no, they can't. I mean, especially the, for a team that's yeah, been there the, for the 10 years. The one against years. QPR was, was the lowest attendance. We, we look back for three since, and a half years, uh, I think, yeah, yeah. To, to March 2014. Mm. Uh, a midweek game against QPR, 
uh, you're not going to get a huge away following and, and I'll be honest I don't blame them for that at all because no. you know it takes real effort to, to, to get yourself up from London on a Tuesday night for an away game uh, so uh, yeah I, I don't see a real problem with the atmosphere at all and, and, and I say I think that the one against Reading the one the first half against QPR was, was I think there was a lot of factors involved mm. in that and uh, uh, I've got no problem. I, I'm absolutely certain that that uh, when when, uh, when the crowd are at it at, at Pride Park, it, it makes a massive difference, mm. you know. And and, and the players recognise that, and the manager recognises that as well. So the fans have got a huge part to play. Yeah, great stuff. Well, um, thanks for all of your your questions for Monday's web chat. We'll probably keep this as a, a regular feature. So yeah, the best three or four questions that come in, we'll. we'll repeat on the podcast and uh, Steve can try and come up with a, a different answer to what he's, he's written down on his, uh, on his web chat in the afternoon <laughs> um, I can try <laughs> yeah. should we have a brief touch on, on Burton on Saturday obviously they're, they're struggling yeah, this I think, season I think, I mean, uh, they will still be in the bottom three when they come here on Saturday uh, I said earlier you know for, for Burton to be at this level absolutely first yeah. of all is a, is a yeah. wonderful achievement uh, if they can stay in the championship again, will we'll be magnificent. Mm. Uh, they're up against very difficult competition in in the other clubs. Uh, they came here last season and 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 earned a nil nil draw. Uh, and again, I can see Burton coming here and setting up to try and make it as difficult as possible for Derby and frustrate them as much as possible. Mm. Uh, it's up to Derby to, to unlock it's always that, up isn't to, it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. QPR did it to mm. them first half. I think Ipswich will, will try and do it also to them. Uh, so I imagine Burton will do the same. And as you say, it's up to the, the home team in Derby's case uh, to break that down. But yeah, I've got a lot of time, obviously, for the, for the manager and the staff at, at Burton. I know them extremely well. Uh, they will be preparing very well for the game. Uh, they'll know all about Derby. They'll know about their strengths and their weaknesses. Uh, so it'll be fascinating, and uh, as always, it'll be good to see them again. Yeah, and you, and you look at two home games in the space of a week, and I mean, it's a real opportunity this now for Derby massive, County to cement a playoff place. Massive opportunity, uh, but only, of course, if you take that mm. opportunity. You know, there's a lot of ifs in there. You know, you, you've still got to go out and do it. I remember a similar period under Steve McLaren when they had three home games on the spin against Bristol City, Cardiff and Burton uh, and everyone looked at it and thought what a fantastic opportunity to get nine points or seven out of nine and all this they ended up with two points out of nine uh, so yeah while the opportunity is there for everybody to see what doesn't change is the fact you've got, it's, it's another game and you've got to turn up and do exactly the right things again to get the result mm, Excellent stuff Gents anything that you wanted to add before we, uh, before we sign off? No just uh, thanks to Paul Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Contributions. Uh, Absolutely. What a debut. In, what a debut. What a debut. We, we only play it such twice a season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, Before the trip to Portman Road. There we go. We'll have, him, yes. we'll have him back on. Absolutely. No, it's, it's, good to get a, it's good to get an insight. It is. In, no, into absolutely. the opposition, so hopefully the listeners will have enjoyed that. Yeah, absolutely, Paul. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very no, much for joining us. I enjoyed it. Great. Excellent. Steve. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> oh, thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
and welcome again Alan, to turn up. Yeah, he'll, he'll be here next week. If and, we get paid, that is. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realise people got paid for this. <laughs> and uh, I think we'll be joined by Chris again next week, won't we? Be yes, it's only a week, so I'll say it doesn't take four weeks of time like, right. like some other people do. It's <laughs> outrageous. Uh, right, anyway, thanks to all the listeners uh, for, for tuning in. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow everything that we do on social media. We're on Twitter at DCFC. Uh, Facebook as well, which is facebook.com forward slash DCFC. You can keep up to date with all the latest Rams news and views on our website, www.derbytelegraph.co.uk. And you can also find the podcast on both Audioboom and iTunes. Just search for It's Black and White. Thanks for listening and we'll see you soon. <laughs>